Allie, Allie, wake up, wake up. What? What? What's we, the we we overslept. Uh, we didn't record the the episode in time. What? Yeah, it's it's only been so it's been five months. Oh God. Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And uh, This week we are returning from the grave <laughs> with, as I actually hinted at <laughs> the last episode or so ago, 1989's Roadhouse, uh, the Patrick Swayze classic. Um, basically about a, a world-famous bouncer, or cooler actually, uh, you know, who uh, goes in to save a, a crumbling bar for its owner and ends up having to defeat the evil owner of the town because it was the 80s and therefore every small town was, was that, owned by an evil businessman. Was that your elevator pitch? Because you just gave the synopsis of the movie. Well, uh, no, my, my elevator pitch actually is... Um, Actually, yeah, that is my elevator pitch. I don't have a good joke. No, but that—that that is, I guess, that was my elevator pitch. Okay, all right. Well, uh, I mean, me, you mixed let, them together. That was kind of nice. Let of me you. get. Let me get. I forgot we even did. It's been—it's been three hundred years since we've done an episode. <laughs> so let me hear your do, elevator, do you want my pitch. elevator yeah, pitch. Yeah, while okay. we're at it, my elevator pitch is: uh, Patrick Swayze is a world famous bouncer, and is really important until Sam Elliott shows up. Ah, that sounds like a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> because when Sam Elliott shows up in any movie, nothing else matters. That's true. That's true. Um, so, um, I guess, Allie, um, was this movie worth... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're not that far coming. Thank you for coming. Okay, no, so, yeah. Like, and I, I picked... I, this one is, uh, of course, I picked this movie. Uh, this yeah, is, it's kind this of been is shocking a, that I never saw this movie. Yeah, it, I'm a little shocked, too, but it was there. Like, this, this movie is one of those, like, I, I mean, it's... It's so much of a cult classic that it's almost popular now, but it was mm. it was definitely a movie that was met with mixed to negative uh, critical reception. Oh yeah, I don't know if it was financially successful. I don't think it. I don't. I can't think it did that. You know that great. Meh. But um, yeah, it's Who it's cares? A movie, it's well, it's a movie that actually I think uh, it's grown mm. over the years the in its reputation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's it's. It's a movie. I'll tell you that. It, it's an experience, uh, Roadhouse. Um, it had actually been... I'd seen it a lot because it, it used to be on all the time on cable. I've seen it a lot, but not in a long time. And I hadn't seen it, like, not edited for TV in yeah. a while. Oh, right, right. Like, I mean, I knew, I knew I was missing uh, quite a bit of, uh, of nudity. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is a movie that's a little... A little raunchier than I remembered it. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's like yeah. when you remember Caddyshack is as raunchy as it is. Yeah, because it's been edited for yeah. two. Well, actually, uh, that, that, well, Caddyshack's a movie that when you remember it, you forget that ninety percent of the movie is actually about Danny and his boring ass life, and yeah. not about the, the the stuff that everyone remembers exactly. from that movie. So true. So yeah, this is a uh, okay. So anyway, this movie was uh, it came out in nineteen eighty nine. It was directed by Rowdy Harrington, a man who I for years assumed because his name was Rowdy was a stuntman. Because judging by this movie, this movie just looks like a. a, a 
this whole movie looks like some some like stunt class's final project. Yeah. Um, but it actually, from judging by his uh, credits, he was largely like an electrician or and a gaffer, you know, for most movies. Uh, although well, he, it's he, definitely he also, he also worked as a grip and a best boy a couple of times. Um, he was a grip on uh, Repo Man, uh, you know, where he clearly learned everything he needed to know about filmmaking. <laughs> Circling back to one of our old faves. And, uh, yeah, the, he was nominated for a Razzie for Worst Director for this movie. Um, can, I, can I say something about that? Because I think it's important. In the first, I would say, third of this movie felt like it was directed by one person. Mm-hmm. And the last two-thirds of the movie felt like it was directed by somebody else. Oh. And here's why I say that. It's weird because I don't see that at all. So the first part of the movie, okay, you're, you're building the story, fine, whatever. You know, and the second part of the movie, all of a sudden it was like somebody came in and was like, oh, we need way more 80s sting, you know, every time there's like something intense going on. Oh, oh this movie is definitely. It's yeah. rife with it, but it isn't in the beginning of the movie if it, you listen. Yeah, you know, it, I, I, you don't I, hear those stings like, mm, like coming underneath until later. And I, it's like, really? maybe Maybe it's the switch from uh, Los Cruzados uh, to, uh, to uh, the Jeff Healy group <laughs> in music. Could be it. Could um, be it. So yeah, this yeah this movie um, it 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 is kind of like the peak of a certain kind of eightiesness. I think like because this is eighty nine. I feel like like a few years after this, you're not going to see a movie like this made. You know, like it's not the last of its kind, but it, it's kind of like at the apex of this like ridiculous eighties action semi comedy, but not really. Right. You know, it, like it's like it, like I don't know really like what kind of like. Like I, I don't see this kind of movie coming out now in the no, same way. Not like, even remotely. It would be it would be way more tongue in cheek if it came out now. Yes. Like this movie is, you can't tell when this movie's joking. It exactly. Like I, it, it's hard to tell how much of this movie is ironic and how much of this movie is dead seriously just a bad movie. You know, like I would probably go with the latter. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, but it, but it's, it's. But it's so good in, in, in its awfulness. Like it's so watchable and joyous. But 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 um. <laughs> Right, anyway, like let's let's go ahead and get into the meat of it. Sure, we, begin, we begin at a bar, I believe, the called the it. Bandstand. Yes, in, L- in L.A. I think it's or, it's, or, it's, or, un, it's undecided. Well, I think it may be technically supposed to be in New York because it's got like he's got New York plates in his car later. Right. But I know all, this entire movie was filmed in Southern it California. Has to be. I mean, it's set all sorts of different places, but not not a, not a lick of this movie was filmed less than like twenty miles from L.A. Right on. Um, but um, and. We're at a bar. We see like a crazy fight start and a very calm man in a mullet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of diffuses everything. He gets stabbed for his troubles after like, you know, after trying to be calm with everything. And, you know, and by this by this really 80s guy. I mean, and by the way, this movie has more mullets per capita yeah, than it I is think the any movie that has ever been made. Mullet that ever this movie. This movie is peak mullet. I don't think you will find no. more. You can't have more mullets in a movie because at that point the actual movie would turn into a mullet. I agree. Like it just, it would say, it's like you can only have It would have be so the much, movie, it'd be well, mullet like you, the movie. Well, it's like you can only have so much relative humidity in the air before the air just becomes water. Yes. And like, you know, it's just like this with this movie. No, it's true. And However, so, I do I do enjoy that, that, that there are, Let's put it this way. There's lots of hair in this movie, but there are a couple of choice people who aren't mulleted out necessarily, but have a nice, as you called it, a nice mane. Yeah, mane. A couple yes. manes. Yeah, not everyone has a mullet. Some have manes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so, but um, you, you, it starts with this, this total 80s fart rock blues, which is most of this movie. Sorry, sorry to the late Jeff Healy. Um, mm. You know, and I... 
I was gonna I was gonna let you know that Jeff Healy is no longer with us, but, really but, but you were busy writing an email, and so I, I didn't want to interrupt you at the time. Uh, but yes, he's no longer with us. Um, but um, anyway, he starts you, know, you you get Swayze in his really high pants, cooling out a fight, um, and Sawyer's dad from Lost, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin. Kevin Tai, I think is how you T I G H E. I think it's Tai. Tig Hey. Tig Hey. Kevin Tai. <laughs> you know, um, he basically takes him aside, and this is the weirdest thing is, and maybe it's just because I know. No, it can't just be because of him from Lost. No, it he's has been to be. In a ton of other no, no, things. no. I know him from other things. I'm oh. just saying. He's such a sinister-seeming person. Yes, I don't believe that he's not he's, evil like, in this movie. Uh, like every second he's on the, I keep. Ex- I've seen this movie many, many times, and I still every time I'm watching it, I expect him to betray Dalton. I, and me like, too. This is like a giant scam or well, something. He has that. He has what you have when you're trying to be evil. He has that like big forehead, like he looks up, like you know what I mean, like. <laughs> okay, wait. Like that brow. Right, right. When is this gonna not turn into an insult to me? <laughs> Like, He's like you when you try to be evil. You've got a big forehead. <laughs> You've got a heavy brow, and when you look yeah, up heavy brow is way different than big forehead. Well, you know what I mean. It's never seen. Look, I know I'm a Neanderthal, but you don't have to Sparky. point out I'm also a balding Neanderthal. Well, I didn't mean it like that. So anyway, you know that the heavy brow thing where you look up. And he's also got like just a weaselly smile. Yeah, like, and, like he, even when he's trying to be nice and sincere, he just you don't looks like a, he looks like a villain. Yeah, you know, like it's. It, but um, so he's he's inviting. I Dalton. wonder if he also. I, wait, I wonder if he also auditioned for uh, for Brad the Brad Wesley character. I was actually thinking, like, like, could you switch, switch them? them? But I'm like, no, because Ben Gazzara, while he's got like a pleasant enough face, he still also just plays bad too. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I, either way, you're gonna have you're gonna have some bad guy. Uh, you know, you got bad guy all over it. So um, anyway, he's, this he's, movie he looks like he's angling for a deal every month. Yeah, yeah. Like this movie this movie's an interesting combination in cast. By the way, yeah. it's it's all it's. That guys, stuntmen, musicians, musicians, and people who might have done porn. porn. By the way, you're totally mistaken about the the main actress in this has done a ton of acting work. So no, she was she she's was Kelly Lynch. She's, yeah. she was in she was in the L Word, um, and a couple of other things. I hope she got better. Uh, I don't know if she got better or not. Most of the things she, she's been in a, a ton of things that I haven't seen. I've never seen the L Word for that matter. That's no Kelly, but yeah, this was not your best performance. No, no. Uh, but anyway. Um, so basically, um, he's Kevin Ty. I can't remember the guy Tillman. Tillman, that's his name. Uh, he's with re- the, with a GH in it. No, Tillman doesn't have a GH. Yes. No, Kevin Ty. Oh my God, it does. I know that can't be right. That's it's be- right. Oh no, this is someone in Wikipedia. No, uh, it's right. It's on it's on IMDb that way too. Okay, yeah, you're right. Wow, he just likes to have a GH in his name. That's what I said. If it's Kevin Ty, maybe, and that, that's like a like a, a giant. I bet it was a joke, like an in joke. I bet it but was. But yeah, he played uh, Tillman, who's he owns a bar called the Double Deuce, Double which Deuce. is in a small town outside Kansas City, uh, Jasper, Missouri, and it's a roadhouse, hence the name. So okay, I'm sorry. Can we can we back up here for a second? So <laughs> we've never gone. We haven't even we haven't even like driven to, forward I, yet. I, I so yeah, just, we, I guess can we, we can, can we just... idle in neutral for a second, and I can ask a question. <laughs> Uh, thank you. So, um, Roadhouse, because that came up in the play I was just in. Uh, your father was down at the, the night. Millie was born. A roadhouse, was down yes. at the Roadhouse. Yes, a Roadhouse is a di- is like a dive bar out in the out on you know like out in the middle of nowhere. Usually, it implies often it implies that there's prostitutes there, but it doesn't have to. Ooh. You know, it's just yeah. It's it it's basically a, it's 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 a juke joint. It's a juke joint, which is the same thing. Basically, just a different word for it. The term, it. the term jukebox, by the way, comes from the music thing that would be at a juke joint. Ah. 
We learn something new every yes. day. Um, Me too. Yes, so I yeah, anyway, too. the Double Deuce is a place where, as Kevin Tai puts it, uh, as Tillman puts it, you know, they have to sweep up the eyeballs at the end of the night, which is <laughs> really, really in poor taste when you realize Jeff Jeff Healy is playing in there, you know. Yeah. Although he does not play it himself. He, he's, he's playing a guy named Cody, even though his band is playing Cody's band. Yes. You know. Um, so anyway, we, we learn that Dalton is, as you expect... A world famous bouncer, he is known and renowned. People, he's legendary. Legendary. Wait like for this, it. This, this, no, stop it. We are no. You make one more "How I Met Your Mother" reference, and I will kick you out of this house. We are not doing that. So yeah, he, so uh, yeah. Basically, uh, Dal- Dalton is Dalton is he's he's a legend. He's famous enough that people who aren't bouncers or aren't in bars know who he is. Yeah. You know, which is an interesting premise that this movie has. Again, well, we'll get we'll get there. But Kat, Kathleen Wilhoit, Wilhoit, I don't know how to say her name. name. I don't know Wilhoit, um, who plays the 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 one of the servers. Yeah, I'm sorry. Back then, they were probably called waitresses. Barmaid actually is barmaid, more likely. She's probably probably called the barmaid. Um, she's like all in the beginning of this movie, and then we never see her again. This is an she's example. in the background. Yeah, well, she's in the background, she's, so she becomes an extra. Yeah, well, I mean. Look, she's not going to be the romantic interest now, is she? You know, so obviously she kind of is just there to further the plot along. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, well, we, you know, we, we we also never see you know the evil girlfriend like the Denise, the yeah, La, the Lonnie Anderson wannabe. <laughs> we don't see her after a while after well, she does her striptease. Well, and after we find out that he beats the crap out of her. Does he beat the crap out of her? Did you see her her eye? I did not see that. Did you miss that? I missed when she's that. working out, she Oh wait, no, him. I didn't miss that. What am I talking about? I'm thinking of a different th- I I don't know where I I I thought you were I was thinking of a different scene. Mm-hmm. I thought that scene was I thought that scene was before her striptease. It is. Yeah, I know. Well, then then well, then why did you bring I said but you said that like as a rebuttal of she was in the movie more. I was saying she just disappears after her striptease. Oh, after her striptease. Yeah, that's why I was like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. are you talking what scene are you talking about after that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, about like that. You know, yeah, no. Like so, basically, Dalton, world famous bouncer, known throughout the realms, uh, he's going to take this job fixing to fix up this roadhouse that is like just a terrible place for the fee of in nineteen eighty nine dollars a five thousand dollar upfront fee and then five hundred dollars a night, which is nice. Let me money tell you something. You I would take that. I take that now. I would. Well, Jesus Christ! I would that's take like that right now. That's like thirty five hundred. That's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming you're working seven days. I mean, I would take that. Yeah, like that's. I mean, I don't know. If anybody looking for a bouncer? A cooler. Sorry. The bouncer doesn't make that much. The cooler uh, makes that. Come anybody on. looking for a cooler? You're not. I thought you'd be bigger. Thank you. Um, so I anyway, get that a lot. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> so anyway, we, we see him, like, he agrees to this. He basically quits in the middle of his shift, which, God, I mean, more power to you that you can get away with that. He leaves and... Um, well, he cut him much better. Oh, and, oh, and you see, oh, he just got stabbed. You also see him, he's stitching his own his, wo- own, his own stab wound up. His own Because he's, he's badassed. That's, he's a badass. And by the way, this movie has so many great lines of, like, terrible dialogue. Like, almost... Okay, but, but can we talk about the clean, the sewing up of his wound? But he doesn't clean it first, so he's still bleeding. Yeah, oh yeah, he's just, yeah. Just, just blood dripping down. Down, well, I mean, and he's like, I'm gonna sew this sucker up. Well, he's sewing in the infection a... so so that his body can beat it up because he doesn't lose. So smart. Dalton never loses, you know. So um, so he goes to leave. He basically leaves. He gets into his really shitty car. You see him drive off. Like he drives his really shitty car um, off, uh, off somewhere. Off to he stops it somewhere, gets out and throws his keys to this old guy just sitting there, and he basically says, you know, like. You know, like, like he's like giving him, he gives, he's like the guy's like, I'm not a valet, and he's like, keep it. Yeah. So, 
you know, and then you see him pull open. And it turns out he's actually got this really nice Mercedes that he drives away in listening to. Ironically, somehow he puts on a tape of the exact band that is playing yeah. and the exact song that band is playing when he shows amazing. up at the bar. Kind of oh, incredible. yeah, and he, was gonna, he doesn't fly. He oh, has yeah, to drive because, because right. yeah, like he was gonna, he had a plane ticket. Like Tillman had a plane ticket for him. Tiggleman had a plane ticket. <laughs> has a uh, has a plane ticket for him, but he doesn't fly. So yeah. because it's dangerous, Sorry, you could die, you, you get killed doing that. Yeah, you know. So he start goes to this bar, and we get this whole scene of like how crappy the bar is. Yeah, you know, you see this awful fight and whatever. You know, and the and band's every, behind a cage. Yeah, the band's behind the Blues a cage. Brothers. You know, and and the band is as we said, it's the Jeff Healy group. Uh, Jeff Healy was a Canadian uh, guitarist. He was pretty young at this time. Like, I he think looked he was young. Like, he was like 23. Uh, he died at the age of 41 of cancer in Ooh, 2008. So, yeah, he sad. was a very young man. Mm-hmm. You know, well, yeah, he had a, you know, yeah, like, and he's blind. And play, and he's, he was that guy, and like, he, like, I, if you haven't seen him in Roadhouse, you may have seen him in, like, if there's any, like, any sort of blues documentary or something. He, he always play, he played his guitar in his lap like it's a pedal steel. But it's not. Like, it's a standard guitar, but he would play it, like, he would play it on, he sitting down on his lap. Um, and, um, he actually, um, he actually, uh, I, I learned by looking him up, like to try and figure out like any story, like for him other than that is, you know, he was, you know, he started playing music very young, but he was, he, he actually, uh, lost both of his eyes, completely lost his eyes when he was one year old. That was cancer. In oh his goodness. Eyes. So he had, he had prosthetic, he has glass eyes in both eyes. Wow. Too. Yeah. Um, so he, but he's Cody. He's, it turns out he's an old friend of Dalton's, you know, and like, you know, like he's, he acts in se- he's not a very good actor because he's but you know like but they, they he's given several scenes with him anyway uh, like um but he's like he's, and like and basically his band is the soundtrack of 90 percent of the movie yeah and, yeah. and it's almost all covers of like old blues numbers and 60s songs mm-hmm. um you know like and it's and again it starts they're playing behind a cage like the blues brothers there's this huge like fights are breaking out all the time in this bar there's all these crappy overly violent but uh, Terry Funk, uh, the pr- a professional wrestler, plays uh, Morgan, one of the bouncers, who's uh, like, who's really violent. Like he, at one point, a guy like starts something and he pushes him into a table of other people, you know. And like, there's this huge, awful fight, and he basically like, like wants to know what, like, if Dalton's not drinking, he needs to get the hell out. Right. And Dalton just sort of looks at him, you know. And that's the whole thing you learn that Dalton does not fight unless he absolutely has to. In fact, he did not even fight the guy who stabbed him. You no, know. he said, let's take it outside. Let's and take then, it outside. And then he just leaves him out and there. And he just leaves him out there. Um, sorry, my dog is licking my hand nonstop, and it's very distracting. It's really gross, actually. It's very gross. His mouth is disgusting. What? Oh, God. Ugh. So, um, we... So, I'm back. So, anyway, um, we, we end up in this bar that basically is... It's so obviously a set. Oh, yeah. But it's a great, like, dirty... It actually, at least, like, as we've talked in certain other movies, like, they're dirty bars. Don't look dirty. This set is gross. This looks like it stinks of, like, piss and beer and cigarette smoke. Uh, I will say this. uh, For the few people that actually have seen Saved by the Bell, as this bar gets cleaned up, it looks like... It looks like the Max. It does look like... I don't... I've never seen Saved by the Bell. I know that's weird. uh, but But it does look very much like it's gradually turning into, like, the coolest place 1991 would have to offer. Yeah. Like, I'm like, waiting for the checkered floor and, but like, the, like But, the like, jagged, it starts out know. as this, like, very, like, classically yeah. old. Like, there's carved, like, there's all this graffiti carved everywhere. Um, it's it's disgusting and They nasty. do a really good job doing the turnover of the yeah. bar. Yeah, it gradually turns yeah. nicer and nicer as the movie goes on. 
But also, it's like the bar. This this bar is full, basically, to the brim with basically every single stuntman who is available and every single bottle of sugar glass that was available oh, uh, yeah. throughout this movie. Like I don't know, I don't know who was footing the bill for this, but it was good. Yeah. Was so so good. there's a big there's a big fight at the bar. Um, Dalton doesn't really get involved. He just watches. He just everything. watches. Uh, and um, then you see him going off and getting a car. He gets the crappiest car he can find. Like not the crappiest, but he gets a, a, a he gets a, it's like a '65 Buick that's not in great shape, you know. And he also buys more. And he tires. buys and he, th- and he throws a bunch of tires into the trunk and drives off. And you're like, what the hell? Because he's got his Mercedes, you know. And then he goes and rents a room from Santa. Literally. Uh, that's uh, actually uh, a character. It's dirty actor. Santa. Sunshine Parker, I think. It's Sunshine. Oh, yeah, Sunshine. Him? Sunshine Parker is the actor's name. I mean, it's in quotes. It's his nickname. He's, but del- he, he's, he's a delight. Yeah, he's a uh, he was uh, one of those guys like he's. Played a ton of, he usually played hobos and vagrants and things. Uh, you know, he's got a huge beard. Yeah, you know, he's just, just like, he, he would have, like, he definitely is a guy who you know had tons of roles back in the day in westerns as, like, the old But he's, drunk. and he's super, like, charming. He's just a friendly, he's a friendly, friendly old farmer. wise, and he, charming dude. And Dalton gets this incredible room over the barn, you know, like, it, like and he says like basically twenty people have seen this room and like nobody you know, like nobody wants to rent it because it doesn't have it doesn't have a TV it doesn't have a, a phone it doesn't have air conditioning and you know it's and there's no and, and it smells like a barn you know but it is enormous and really cool looking and he's basically he's like I gotta charge a rent or the Presbyterians will you know never let me hear the end of it yeah so he charges a hundred dollars a month which all right that's nineteen eighty nine money but still that's that's cheaper. Even adjusted for inflation, that's cheaper than any so rent if it's I've ever had. So here's this: if it's two fifty a month, if we adjust for inflation to now, let's just say that's, that's fifty dollars a week. That's like living on Baltic Avenue. Exactly, in, in a hotel, no less. Yes. Otherwise, it'd just be two dollars a week. That's right. Um, no, actually, Baltic would be four. Mediterranean would be two. Yeah. Um, but um, the. <laughs> Doing that math just hurt me for some reason. Well, I'm thinking, like, my very first apartment in 1994 as a room in an apartment was, like, several hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. In, in 94 money, you know, like, and this was five years previous. So, yeah, that's cheap. It's cheap regardless. And so he he uh, has moved in with, he moves into Santa, above Santa's barn. Uh, the guy's named Emmett, the character. Yes. Uh, and uh, let me see. He And then he starts his actual time at work. And you see him call a staff meeting. And at that staff meeting, he, well, he, he bounces. He he delivers. Well, first he deliver. He delivers the three rules. Oh yeah, that's, I bouncers. wrote them down. I wrote them down too. And uh, the first rule is it's, you never underestimate anyone. And you expect the unexpected. To expect, yeah, expect the unexpected. Two, take, take it, outside. it outside. Don't start a fight in the bar unless you, never fight in the bar unless you absolutely have to. Always get it outside. And three, be, be nice. nice. It doesn't matter if they call you terrible names. It's nothing personal. Be nice. Be nice. Be, be nice. And then, nice. but the in parentheses after it is until it's time to not be nice. Right. And then, you know, and that's his decision because he's the cooler. The rest of them are bouncers. Right. So we have a whole, like, and then and then he fires Terry Funk immediately. Yes. He, fire, he fires Morgan immediately. Because he doesn't because have he doesn't the, have the right, right temperament. Per- He's temperament. like maybe you should go to barber college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he immediately, following that, fires another uh, a, a waitress that he had watched selling uh, selling booze. I mean, not selling selling, booze, drugs. selling drugs. You know, he said we sell booze here and not drugs. Something Out. like that. And then and for a while, like 
like that's the first round of firings he does. And then we have another night of craziness. Um, and there's a big fight. Well, no, before the fight, right? Doesn't he meet the guy in the the guy that's on his shift break? Or is that after that? Um, maybe no. You know, you know what? No, I think it is before. Yeah, he uh, one of the guys like one of the guys who like was rolling his eyes about taking taking work from him. Um, he runs into he he watches him flirting with a girl and then leaving with her. And he goes. He catches him in the back room. He's completely naked, having sex with her, and telling uh, her and she's topless. And he says, "You're, you're going to be my regular Saturday night thing," <laughs> which is a just classic line. This movie's loaded with them. And basically, Swayze fires him. He's like, "I was on my break. We'll take a longer take one. Take a longer one." You know, and he's out. He witnesses another uh, the bartender, uh, who's played by John, John Doe, Doe of uh, the band X, who we saw in concert. Yes, we did see. Which the, we did cool. see X in concert. Uh, also of the band The Knitters, uh, which is the kind of bar that band that would probably be playing a bar like this. Um, but he uh, he sees him slipping money from the till, and then later on, uh, you know, in it, I'm going to skip ahead to just say, just to say this: he ends up firing him. Yes, you know, and that's going to be an inciting incident that dun, is dun, the beginning dun. of the the problems that happen in this movie. But also, he leaves that night. You, you you learn why he got a shitty car, because his car like there's a there's someone tried to pull a knife at him before the fight. Oh yeah, and there was a big fight. Just like I, I oh, describe yeah. it, but it's just basically there's big a big fight. fight. There's a big fight. Someone tried to pull a knife on him at one point, um, which happens a lot. It happens a lot. There's a lot of people who pull knives in this movie. A couple of people pull guns. Most of the people pull knives. Um, a lot of people you, bringing <laughs> guns to knife fights. Yeah, knife, yeah. Just like a roadhouse to bring a knife to a gunfight. Um, anyway, uh, so he goes out, sees his, his car tires have been slashed, his, his his windshield's been smashed, you know, and you see him kind of shrug. And he, so he goes into the auto parts store, which is like across the street from the bar, and that's where he meets Red. And Red is actually played uh, by Red West, who is a former bodyguard of Elvis's. Uh, he actually, Red West wrote a very famous uh, book called Elvis, What Happened, which was published a little bit before Elvis actually died. Mm. And it was talking about all the problems of like Elvis being... It's apparently Red West, his brother Sonny West, and or I think it's his brother Sonny West, and another couple of people were fired out of Elvis's entourage in 1976 by Elvis's father. Mm. And, you know, like, basically for expressing concerns about Elvis's lifestyle. Wow. And because Elvis's father didn't like him. Um, and a lot of it, like... There's opinion split over whether Red West's biography was really an attempt to help Elvis or an attempt to cash in since he was now unemployed. Red West was actually a, a high school friend of Elvis's. He'd known him his whole life. Mm. And, like, he spent most of his early adult life as Elvis's bodyguard and, like, and a part of the Memphis Mafia. Ah. Um, but anyway, Red owns the auto supply store. And he's like, basically, is like, oh, you know, like he knows what's going on, and and he basically says, you want to open an account? And he's like, no, I'll just pay as I go, you know. So he's that's why. So that's why Dalton has a crappy car because he needs to continually like replace pieces because people have broken the antennas and. Whatever. Now, something important to note about Emmett's barn and and Emmett's house, um, he's a farmer, and across this like little pond lake thing is this mansion. And right when uh, Dalton gets there to oh, look yeah. at the room, this helicopter comes buzzing by and spooks his horses, Emmett's horses. And so they go running down. By the, way, by the way, no horses were harmed in this movie, which is surprising. Yeah. So they go running down 
and um, you learn, you know, there's this, here's the exposition of it, that the guy across the pond thing in the mansion is a guy named Brad West. Wesley. Wesley. Brad Wesley. Brad Wesley. And um, he's obviously... Played by, played by, played by Ben, ben Gazzara. Obviously a very wealthy and influential, which we'll get to later. Yeah. Wealthy, powerful Harry Shearer. Uh, yeah, basically, right. In town. And it's pretty obvious that shit gonna go down. Yeah, you know he's gonna be, you know things are, like he's gonna be the trouble mm-hmm. in this movie. And so the trouble comes, the trouble comes hot on the heels again of firing, uh, I can't remember the, the character John Doe plays, of firing Mustachio John Doe. Um, because as it turns out, and we learn from, uh, what's her name, uh, Holly... Hunter? Not Holly Hunter. <laughs> the act, the, 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 bar, the barmaid, the one who... Kathleen Wilhoit. Kathleen Wilhoit. Thank you. I couldn't remember her name, and I, I don't know where. I'm what. sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, Kathleen, because I know you're listening to this. Yeah, huge fan. Huge fan. Huge uh, fan of her. She does that in between recording sessions for Pepper Ann. Dude, um, she was really good in ER. That's all I'm yeah, going to say. I, I knew that was where you knew her from. Um, but so we learned that John Doe's character is the nephew, nephew. of Brad Wesley, okay. the nephew. most powerful man in town. Yes. And basically, we you know. He sends some goons to say to unhire him, oh, yeah. unfire, unfire him, him. unfire him, Re-hire and it turns him. into and it turns into a knife fight <laughs> again. And also, you learn in that exposition before the fight happens that um, the reason that they're going to rehire him and the reason that Brad Wesley is so important is because he's the reason that they get booze. Yeah, yeah, he's like the booze distributing. Yeah, like he controls the booze distribution. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Oh, For the oh bar, I yeah, mean, yeah. Oh, and so oh, before that, I think we, I, I think Wesley sees him doing sweaty tai chi, like a little bit before that point too. With uh, his, with his very like tongue wagging eyes looking at yeah, him. Yeah, there's a, this movie. This movie has a like a weird, almost homoerotic subtext to a lot of a lot of the scenes. Yeah. But um, you know, like I think this is the. So I believe this is the yeah. This is whenever he gets stabbed. Yes. Um, when and, he has to show up at and the he, and he goes he ER. goes and he brings his, he brings his medical records with him because this was in the days before you could just punch in someone's information on the computer and get pull medical records from wherever yeah. you know so he has a folder with his medical records on it so she could you know like because it saves time and she's stitching him up and she asks him if he wants a local and she and, and, and he says no and he's like what do you deal with pain he says you know what what you don't you like pain he's like pain don't hurt and so she and we learn we learn while he's talking to her that he is a philosophy he graduated from NYU with a philosophy degree, and she's like you know so how does how does someone like you end up a bouncer and I, all I can think is honest to God what, what are you jobs are you going to have with a philosophy, philosophy degree? degree you might as well become a bouncer at that I mean, point that's a pretty or a good, cooler I mean and in this way he's getting a lot more money yeah. than he would be just like right. philosophizing about and money also around this time uh, we get the introduction of and this will be uh, much like Chekhov's gun we you know Chekhov's we, knee no. No, although knee injuries are mentioned many times, this, oh, it's very pa- it's very painful for those of it us who have actually had a knee injury. But um, we get no, we get we get Chekhov's Bigfoot oh, because yes. if you if you have a monster truck in the first act, you know it will definitely um, show will up definitely show up show up in important. Yeah, it, it's the most ridiculous thing because it's like why would anyone just have a random monster truck? And it's pretty it's like, a pretty blue. I will. Give it, well, it that. it's Bigfoot. It's yeah. actually Bigfoot. Yeah, it That's Bigfoot. Bigfoot. You know, like it, it's it's the. Like I would have preferred it to be Gravedigger. Yes, he's more of the villainous truck. Mm. <laughs> you know. Well, maybe they didn't have a contract with him. I don't. Yeah. No. The the special thanks were to Big, Bigfoot Four by Four Industries Ow. was actually uh, was actually Sparky, special thanks. Sparky, in this. sit down. Yes. So, but it's like it's just it's one of those things. Like, why would you even just have a random monster truck? 
Like who? I think they're not street legal. They're not something you can just drive but, on the highway. But he owns the town. I know, but my it's just one of those like you. This one hundred percent. There's a monster truck in here, so he can drive over some cars later. Well, yeah. Yeah, my point being, it's like how do you even flimsily justify putting this monster I'm sorry, truck in? D- did you not just watch? Roadhouse? That's my point. Like, look, out of all the parts of this movie that are ridiculous, for some reason, that's like one that really sticks in me as, as an unbelievable thing. That's what sticks in you as unbelievable? Look, I will believe that a world-famous Tai Chi practicing philosophy major <laughs> bouncer would, uh, you know, you know, be, you know, would twice have a gun pulled on him and pull a man's throat out. Much more than I'm going to believe that a random person is just going to own a monster truck and drive around it in their day-to-day business. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I just didn't believe that he was doing his own laundry in a laundromat. Yeah, that that's unbelievable. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess around this time he probably does call call Sam Elliott, and you yes. that's, that's 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 when you know. By the way, at the beginning they said he is the like when when um when when Tillman was hiring him, he said you know I wanted the best in the business, and he said you want you, Wade, you want Wade Garrett. Garrett, and he's like, well, Wade's getting old. I want you. And he's calling, it turns out he calls Wade Garrett, who is played by Sam Elliott. And instantly the movie gets at least 13% oh better. Oh my God. Like that's just, boop, you just get that little bump of oh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. And, and when we talk again, this movie is loaded with mullets. Patrick Swayze has an amazing mullet. Um, uh, Jeff Healy has a fine Kelly Lynch a fine has mullet. a great Kelly mullet. Lynch has that's a mullet. the doctor. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. Oh, that's the doctor he's talking to. And by the way, at that moment, he and the doctor have the exact same hairstyle. I mean. It's. Her, her bottom part. She a looks a longer. she looks a little more like Wayne Gretzky than he does, but not much more. I mean, well, she's got the right color. Yeah, but um, yeah. So, but but unlike unlike uh, you know the rest of these mullet people, Sam Elliott has a mane. Mane. You know, it, it's funny. Sam Elliott doesn't really have his signature mustache in this movie, but no. it's only because he's unshaven all over. It's but it's Sam. oh, he's he's so great. He's like he so like we look good. We love Sam Elliott. Um, he, he, but, um, I have like little heart emojis coming off my chest right now because of Sam Elliott in this yeah. movie. So, um, at, and then we have a couple of other crazy scenes. Uh, they kick out a guy with a razor in his boot. <laughs> it's insane. Breaks uh, his knee. Breaks his knee. Um, yeah, there's so, there's so much, there's so much knee breaking in this movie. Yeah. So much knee injury. Um, at some point he gets called to Dalton. He goes to Dalton's, uh, not Dalton. Wesley, Dalton gets called to Wesley's house. After you know he's rebuffed and 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 beaten up his men again. Yes, and that's when you learn that Dalton is. I mean that Wesley is so rich that he has two pool tables, which is the highest. I mean that's status symbol huge, y'all. I could ever imagine. The mini- oh, and there's this blonde, and, and as Allie put out, there's this blonde girl that's been woman that's been flirting. She kind of looks like a low rent Lonnie Anderson. She's been flirting with people all in this movie and flirting with she Dalton. She has the that, nice and easy hair. Uh, oh, it is so flat. Number 67, yeah. Yeah, it is number 69. That's right, baby. Yes. I didn't go there on purpose. I went there on purpose so I, I could say nice. I know. Um, nice. Nice. And easy. And easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she, but yeah, again, you, you learn she's, uh, she's uh, Ben Gazzara's uh, like, Wife? Mole, mole, I think M O L L gun mole. Yeah. You know, she's kind of a she's she's is is Gumar, I guess. I don't really know. I don't know. I I'm not sure. But he obviously beats her up because she's got a big yeah, old she's black got a big, guy. But she's also working out to like the only actual '80s music in this '80s movie. Is the Jane Fonda that she's working out to? Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, but um, yes. Yeah, so he shows I, up. Dalton so shows up. Dalton shows up. They, they, there's a whole like thing where he's like, "What? How much could I pay you to clean up one of my bars?" And he's like, "I would never work for you." Yep. Boom. Oh, and the reason that he's so against him, other than the fact that we know that he kind of controls and runs stuff, is that when he goes to Red's 
hardware store or auto supply store or whatever it is, he finds out that yeah, Red's been Red's robbed. been robbed, and he says, you know, what? Who was it? And he's like, every week, and it's um, because Brad, yeah, Brad it, takes ten percent of his. Yeah, he's he's got a protection racket running the whole town. The whole town. He, like everyone in the town pays him protection racket. Uh, he's super ultra powerful. He owns the town again. It's like an episode of the A Team. You know, like the, it's the town like, is. It's like watching. It's like that episode in The Sopranos when they're like, "All right, a new new blood is in town," and it's like a Starbucks, and they're like, "No, we we can't give you anything because we count every bean." <laughs> it goes back yeah. up to corporate, and it's like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. It's a hysterical moment, but it's like, no, but it is before that happens when it's all mom and pop shops, and they have no one else that they have to right, be protected. Yeah. So yeah, so he anyway he, there, and also we learn in around this time that Red is also uh, Doc Elizabeth, his girlfriend. Uh, it's his own, her, her uncle, uncle, and he's the one who raised her. Yeah. So yeah, there was this kind of a raunchy sex scene. Um, there, well, this whole movie is basically kind of a bunch of raunchy sex scenes in between fight scenes. Yep. And uh, we 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 uh, we we see a lot of Swayze's ass in this part. Um, you start, a, this is the part where she shows up to his. Yeah, she shows up to his barn. His barn and, or whatever. Yeah. And, they, and they, she's obviously not wearing underwear. Yeah, she's obviously not wearing underwear. And then again, I guess neither is he. Um, <laughs> guess that's true you know like as a you know it's a pretty intense little yeah there's again I guess, yeah it's pretty gross like again most of this movie's uh this movie's got a lot of male gaze but you get you get you do you do get quite a bit of uh your your, your patrick swayze nudity we, we too. do this is, we do uh, see that uh swayze has an audi yeah, we do we see he's got a yeah and that the, oddly enough is not a not not a, any sort of sexual term nope. <laughs> though nope. i'm sure he's got that too probably <laughs> um like Basically, at this yeah, so they they're now kind of seeing each other uh, more more consistently. Yep. Um, and she she's fine with him living in this weird above a barn uh, life. Isn't this when um, Sam Elliott comes up? Yes, basically, yeah, because there's been a, the awkward phone call uh, that Dalton had with Sam Elliott, uh, and we forgot to mention when he called Sam Elliott, he was calling him. Sam's in this like literally, it's a sign that says "wet T-shirt contest" with the t- T-shirts crossed out, and then it says "G-string," and it's just. Basically, topless women in G-strings running around. So gross. Uh, and Sam Elliott's just sort of there going, kind of being a Wooderson for the 80s. Yeah. He's just kind of, all right, all right, all right about it. And um, he ends up, uh, basically Sam Elliott shows up because there, there was a, there was kind of an awkward phone call and I think he was worried about Dalton. At least that's what I gathered. I don't know. I'm I not... gathered that he showed up because he thought Dalton was in trouble. And this is when we learned, basically the bar is doing great, but they can't get liquor anymore. Right, because of the the troubles with uh with Wesley. Right. So he um, basically Sam Elliott shows up uh right at the time. There's this liquor truck that showed up, and and Wesley's men are basically saying, "Don't unload this liquor," and they're starting to break the bottles. Mm-hmm. You know, like like I, I kind of I'm kind of doubtful considering the first bottle broken and the first case broken. I'm kind of doubtful a bar like that is doing a lot of business in Drambuie. Yeah. But they had a whole case of Drambuie coming yeah, maybe in. It's, um, you know, maybe there's a lot of, uh, I don't know. Yeah, so so uh, Dalton's Pilots. Get, yeah, I guess. <laughs> the only reason I say that is because they talk about it in Airplane. That was the first time I ever heard of the even what Drambuie It's Drambuie. basically a honeyed scotch liqueur. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a liqueur, a liqueur of, of, of honey and scotch mixed together. Yeah. It's Weird. it's not really good, good for much. No. Uh, no, I mean it. I mean it's. I think it's something you can use to mix in cocktails or something. But yeah, I've never really. Yeah, that doesn't seem like the kind of bar that's doing a lot of mixing in cocktails. It, yeah, it doesn't seem like a kind of like. I feel like they'd be just fine if they had like well vodka, well bourbon. You know. Yeah. 
and beer. I yes. think they I think they'd be doing just fine. You know, like box like, wine. No wine. I don't think they. Okay, even box wine. I mean, was there box wine in the late eighties or was that a nineties? No, I think it was a nineties thing. But uh, yeah, like I, I I can't imagine going. To, like I will say this. The first time I saw someone order wine in a bar, in just a regular bar, I kind of looked at them like, what? Right. Like, wine in a bar just doesn't seem right to me. It's Unless a, it's a wine bar. Yeah, but then, yeah, but that's different. I mean, uh, I, a wine bar to me is its own thing. There's bars and there's wine bars. <laughs> you know, like right. I, you know, like I, I've definitely drank wine in wine bars, but like I just, I just, I feel weird. Like, what's your red at like, especially at like a dirty, greasy, like Ugh. place like that, like. Like I like their house wine is what Thunderbird. Yeah, I know it's so gross. <laughs> so, so anyway, Dalton. Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. Dalton is getting beaten up by these thugs. They, 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 there's too many of them. He's getting outnumbered, and then Sam Elliott just shows up and evens the score, uh, which is pretty sweet. Yep. You know, because Sam Elliott is, you know, like he's pretty not, a, he's, he's not a young man at this point. You know. Right, and then they go out. With, they go out with, with yeah. Doc. They go out with Doc, and they they party all night and into the day. And, you know, we learn, we learn that, yes, the rumors about Dalton killing a man are true. Um, when Sam Elliott confronts him and says, you got to get over it, that was the past, you know. And we find out that the reason Dalton, hit, Dalton did rip a man's throat out in Memphis. Right. But there is a story behind it, basically, that Dalton was seeing this man's wife, but Dalton didn't know she was married. And the man pulled a gun on him. And as Sam Elliott says, you know, when when a man pulls a gun on you, you got two choices: you can die or you can kill. Yep. You know. And so he, and, and he so Dalton killed. Chose the latter. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now Dalton is, but but he was acquitted. Because uh, of was self defense. It, 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 he was he was found not guilty by means of self defense, and so he's, you know, and this is I think part of the reason that Dalton is now so averse to fighting unless he absolutely has to. Right. Which is kind of funny because he still does a ton of fighting. Yeah, he does. It's uh, you know, it's. He's pushed to the brink a lot. Yeah, he's yeah he's pushed to the brink, but he never crosses the brink for the long like most well, of this movie. No, no, for most of this movie, I'm not talking about Act Three. I'm talking about the first two acts of the movie. Okay, you know, like he he's he put, he's pushed to the brink a great deal. Um, so anyway, um, so uh, I think and then so basically uh, around that time, um, Red loses his store; it gets blown up. Mm-hmm. Because he's not paying the protection, and that that that's that. This is like a, each moment you think is the inciting instinct that's going to break Dalton that doesn't quite do it. This is one of the first ones, right? You know, and and but it turns out Red's okay. He wasn't there, but he's lost it all. But he's lost it all. And then uh, and you see like the car dealership, uh, the car dealer ownership, like is talking with uh, with everyone. They have like all the all the. The, the good people in the town are in like a room like trying to figure out how to get revenge and, and it's like he's like you know Pete Trout Pete the car dealer's like you know I've got a cousin in the FBI or a friend in the FBI or something like that and like are you going to testify against him and he's like mm. you know but so Pete's but the fact is that Pete even remotely stood up to him is now like means he's in trouble and that's when we get Chekhov's Bigfoot <laughs> That's when Monster Truck comes in. And uh, he just, re- like, like it's it's a scene that, like, I don't even care how much you own this town. I, I just don't see being able to do that Agreed. and get away with it. Agreed. Like, because he, he just basically drives Bigfoot all the way through the dealership's, like, showroom. Well, and there's some sort of talk that he's got the sheriff in his pocket or whatever, too, so that's why you don't... Yeah, but even it. then, I think that's, like, so over the oh, top. so ridiculous. I mean, it's it's one thing to be like, you know, like, have like a random thug show up and beat someone up and be like, well, we didn't see anything happen. But I mean, there's a whole crowd. It's the middle of the day. Right. 
You know, it's like, really? Is it like, like, is it, how much could he have the town bought and sold that they wouldn't call someone in? Right, right. You know, like, it's a little ridiculous. But, um, so. It's the magical world of Roadhouse. Yeah, right. And so, uh, so basically, um, um, basically, like, th- we get to this point where, um, Do- the doc is coming to, like, talk to, uh, talk to, uh, Dalton in his house. You know, she's, like, worried about him. And she's she's actually worried that like at this point he is going to caught like he's gonna cro- like he's gonna cross the line. Right. So like she's at one point she's like you save the town from you say you know like because he's like I've got to do this I got to say someone's got to save this town. It's like well, well, you and, save you save the town from Wesley who's gonna save the well, town and from you? Wesley tells Elizabeth you find out earlier that that he that they had something they yeah. were dating or something or who she, like when she she, she said she left town and came back right and he was the reason she left and he went crazy when she left and whatever blah blah blah. But the point is that he tells her that. That if she really cares about him, he, she better tell him to get out of town. Yeah. And so when she shows up and tells him to do that, he gets mad. Yeah. Like basically, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot to, I forgot, to, I left that out. Good. Yeah. So, which is kind of important. <laughs> Whoops. Um, so she's. She's there when. She's there. When the, and she's yelling at him. In the middle of her yelling, there's a huge explosion. Right. And uh, she runs out, and, and, and of course Swayze just runs out the window and leaps off the roof <laughs> to go there because you know because basically Dalton is an unstoppable machine. Yep. And oh yeah, and that and that's when uh, he pulls he pulls uh, Emmett out of there. He's in his red union suit. So and, essentially, what the explosion was was the farm was yeah Emmett's was house set on was fire. destroyed. Oh sorry, sorry I just grabbed her foot by mistake. <laughs> um, didn't mean to tickle you there. I was, just, I was just resting my um, hand. So um, he pulls him out, um, you know, and saves his life. And he's like, you know, gets him back, whatever. He's fine. And, but... Oh, and, and we kind of missed the, introducing a character, Jimmy. Oh, the right-hand the right-hand man. man. He, he's Ben Gazzara's right-hand man. And he's, he's like, the last guy to show up. Like, he shows up at the last of the bar fights, which right. was in a scene that I can't believe we forgot to mention where the Lonnie Anderson character does a strip... Like, does Girlfriend does a strip tease, and that's her last appearance. That happens when everybody runs out with reds. To fire, yeah, that happens after the fire. Yeah. And, like, he, ben, that's the stressful scene where Ben Gazzara is in the bar, yeah. in the double deuce, ordering drinks, and Dalton says, yeah, give him his drink. And it turns into this whole big fight, and then Gazzara shoots a pistol in the air to break it up and says, come on out, boys. And, like, yeah, it's it's a very, and, 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 but Jimmy shows up with, like, a pool stick and beats the shit out of everybody. He's, like, obviously, like, the, he's the mini boss. Yeah. At this point that we learn. But now we see, like, as as Dalton's, uh, as Dalton's doing, uh, you know, like, saving, saving Emmett, you hear a motorcycle and you see Jimmy's driving off. And this is so unbelievably awesomely amazing action movie. Yeah. Is uh, Swayze goes bolting, full, full tilt, you know, and manages to catch and jump. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, he's like, he's running across and the motorcycle's on the road. But he manages to knock the guy off a bike and they have this huge, big fight. Right by the water. Right by the water, and it's just completely insane, over the top fight. Um, and that's when lots Jimmy, of nut shots and everything, right. and and, that, and and Jimmy delivers the classic line. You remember? You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Yep. <laughs> Which is definitely a top five uh, Roadhouse line. Oh yeah. Uh, you know. Um, but basically, towards the end of this big fight. Um, it looks like actually that Dalton finally gets the upper hand because he catches Jimmy, you know, Jimmy's leg in a tree and then he, you know, hurts his knee. Oh, yeah, there's Chekhov's knee again. <laughs> and then Jimmy pulls a gun. And in that moment, Swayze's like 
past comes back to haunt him as he's once again got a gun pointed at him and he immediately rips his throat out. The claw comes out. The claw. He has his hand in the claw mode. And he pulls this dude's throat out and you see him dumping him into the river and you see him yelling across the river to, uh, you know, Brad. to Brad Wesley. You know, he's like, and he yells, fuck you, <laughs> which is kind of an anticlimactic thing to yell at that moment. Yeah. But, and Elizabeth sees, sees this. And she's like freaked out and runs off. Well, she tries to save him. And tries to save him. And she realizes he's dead. Freaks out. Runs off. Yeah. And she sees that Dalton is like, and Dalton's let the animal out. Has uh, Is this the moment where Ben Gazzara is going in and out of frame because of the... Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Probably one of the best moments in the entire Oh my God. It's so me, beautiful. Like, it's so like, it, it. like I want a gif of this or jif or, or criff or whatever you pronounce. Bliff. Uh, like where it... I, it's just like you, you see this shot, you see his face, and he just sort of pulls back out of shot and then back into shot because he's in a rocking chair. Freaking amazing. It's amazing. And I I can't remember how that scene looks in pan and scan, which is how I've, mostly how I've seen this movie. Yeah. But it, like in full in full letterbox, it, it is an absolutely beautifully it's shot beautiful, moment. Yeah. Um, um, so then that happens and she's gone. She's gone. And then he gets a phone call. Yeah, from Ben Gazzara, basically, because now that now that now that Jimmy's been killed, yes, it's like he's he says basically. So which one, Wade Garrett or Elizabeth? He's like, what do you mean? I'm gonna kill one of them. Which one? And Dalton's like, you know, what are you doing? He's like, all right, you're forcing me to flip a coin, and then he flips a coin. And he says, you know, but he doesn't tell him which one. He's like, I'll let you figure out which one. Mm-hmm. And then like seconds later, seconds later. Um, Wade comes in, stumbles in. He's beaten, bruised, bloody, and he's just like, he's like, oh my god. He's like, oh yeah, it was. So it was pretty tough. Uh, so you know, he he sent three of them, you know, and, and he's basically like, Dalton's like, oh that's it, I'm gonna get it, you know, like, and he's like, I gotta go get Elizabeth, you know, because obviously Wade's safe and he's at the bar, you know, so he's like, runs to go check on check on her, and she's like, I want nothing to do with you, get away from me, right. And so he goes back to the bar, dejected. And as he goes in, he's like, you know, like he left, he left uh, Sam Elliott there to have a beer. To have a beer. And he told and he's him, like, I said one get... beer. He's, he's all Wait, passed. hold on. Before he go there, he, he left him at the bar and he told him what Sam Elliott had come to him earlier and said that, that um, we got to get out of here. You know, this isn't worth it. This, this time yeah. isn't worth it. You got to leave. And, you know, he didn't want to leave, but now he's changed his mind after this whole, you know, Elizabeth or, or Wade. And since he, you know, dodged the bullet, if you will, he's like, listen, I'm going to go get her and we're all out of here. Like, as soon as I grab her, you have a beer, I'm going to go grab her and then we're all leaving. So that was, that was the plan. But when he, he comes back, she's not with him, but he's at the bar and now you can finish what you were saying. Yeah. And so he, and he sees him, he's like, you know, I said one beer. Now he's like, you're passed out on the bar. And then he rolls him and there's a knife sticking out of his chest and a note in the knife that says it was tails. Yeah. And so now... Now, Dalton has finally. Now it turned into like, what do you call it? A it's a it's a revengers tragedy. Now it's like yes. it's like yeah this this movie's not perfect. This movie's not the best written movie in the world. It's no Shakespeare, but it is certainly John Webster. You know, it is a it, it this is where it turns into it's the a bloody fight. Now. It, the Grand Guignol or whatever however you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's 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 on basically. It's on. Oh, the shit is on. So we we actually see, and it's kind of a weird climax because. Once the climax is set in motion, it happens very fast. Yeah, it really does. It's very fast. It's like this movie's been very slowly building to this point. And then you see like the gang are at the at the house. It's everybody. All those 
all those all those people you know all the all the like all uh, Terry henchmen. Funk uh, all the henchmen the fat guy that we ne- we didn't really mention uh, who pulled a knife on him and the, whatever there's a the the two big tall guys oh there was a scene with that one big tall the guy, guy that got beaten up by uh, Ben Gazzara but then he like he's back in the end too um, it's basically this whole gang and they see they see and Dalton's in his Mercedes now he's yes. gotten rid of his his crappy car and he, he like you see like the Mercedes is barreling towards this house. And they're like, oh, you know, like, uh oh, he's coming. They get their guns ready to shoot and they're 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 shooting at it. It still keeps coming and it ramps over the wall, spins in the air, becomes like a fireball as it crashes. You know, and they're like, you know, and they run they run up to it to like, you know, to get to to to, to make sure he's dead right. and they realize that the accelerator is being held down by the knife that killed that right. killed uh, Wade Garrett. And they're like, oh, God, he's here somewhere. And they all go running, basically. And then it kind of cuts. Yeah. And you see the guy pull the knife out and put it in his own holster. And he's the one So he's the one. He's the guy who drove the Bigfoot truck. Right. And you kind of follow him. And you see him. And it's kind of weird because as he's walking, you see, he sees Morgan, Terry Funk, is dead. He sees his body. Then he sees one of the other big guy's bodies. It's just like, it's like basically like half of the people are taken out. And I guess it's kind of interesting. It kind of gives you the idea that uh, that Dalton's a force of nature, that he's already taken these people out. Yeah. Like, he, he wastes no time. He's brutal. And, yeah, and this guy ends up getting killed by Dalton. Yep. You know, and then as and, and then Dalton takes the, the dude's knife and throws it at John Doe, who's uh, standing up to shoot him from above, and he falls to his death right. with a knife in him. So the it's, only one left at this it, point, other than Ben Gazzara, is, is the big, the fat, big guy. fat guy. And you see the big fat And this is one of the most classic scenes. He goes into Ben Gazzara's trophy room. And he's like, oh, I and hate this room. Trophy room is all dead. It's animals. all dead. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a trophy room. It's animal trophies, and uh, there's all these like huge stuffed animals of all sorts, like ridiculous. Like it's like, frankly, it's like I don't think any one human would ever have been able to hunt all of these kinds of animals right, that are in here. Yeah. Like there's a hyena, and, like there's like there's a musk ox. Yeah, like some like some of the like at least two of these animals only exist above the Arctic Circle, yeah. <laughs> you know, and. Uh, <laughs> And at, at one point while this fat guy's woman around, he turns and there is a polar bear that falls on him. And he's like, oh, screaming and he's shooting this stuffed polar bear. And, you know, that's how, that's how, and then he's, uh, and then he's been crushed by this polar bear. So then the only one left now is Ben Gazzara. Right. And there's this extended fight scene between incredibly healthy, you know, what, 30-year-old, perfect-shaped Patrick Swayze and middle-aged Ben Gazzara that somehow lasts for quite a long time. It's so weird. You know, they're just... There's a javelin at it. Yeah, yeah, like at one point, yeah, he's throwing... Yeah, and he throws it like... It's got to be on a wire because it goes like a shot right into the spear. Um, He's like whipping him at one point. They're they're, like... It's just a long, slow back and forth. Um, Finally. Finally. um, Swayze gets him in a a, a vulnerable position. And he's going to tear his throat out. Yeah, the claw is ready. And then he starts to relax it. And he's like, I'm not going to do this. And then at that point, Elizabeth runs down the because stairs. Because Ben Gazzara had pulled a gun on him. And yeah. And yeah. Yeah. But he had knocked the gun away. Right. And Elizabeth comes down the stairs and she's like, oh no. And like, he, like, while he, he steps away to look at her, like, basically to be like, I'm not going to be this monster. Don't worry. I'm in, I'm still in control. And that's when Ben Gazzara pulls a gun out on him and says, ah, it's over now. I'm going to, like, whatever. And he starts to give his evil speech. And then boom, he's shot. Yes. And you realize standing there is red with a rifle. Boom, he's shot again. There's Pete with a rifle. Boom, he's shot again. There's Emmett with a rifle. And then at the last second, 
Tillman comes in with his rifle and he basically says like, you know, this is it. You're, you know, this is our, we're taking our town. We're back. taking our town back. And he shoots him and he just goes in the chest and he goes flying into a glass top table, yelling. I assume saying "core nuts" on the yeah, way down. Because you can't say anything else. And so now, like, like we're in the middle of this denouement, and they're like, you hear the sirens, and everyone just gathers up the gun, like. Like Red grabs all the they guns. All, Red gathers pop. all the guns. And then, um, and the fat guy, I think his name was like Peanuts or something ridiculous. Whatever. I can't remember what his name was. It's a Skeeter or something. I don't know. Some ridiculous name. He comes, he's Tiny. alive. Tiny he, no, he, he's alive and he comes, climbs out from under the, under the stuffed bear and he sort of throws his gun away, you know, and then the police come in. They're like, anyone want to tell me what happened? I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. I didn't see did you, Peanuts or whatever your name is, you see anything? And there's this awkward long pause because, you know, he was one of the bad guys. And he says, a polar bear fell on me. And we get our final music. That That's the, the last, last line, line of dialogue in the movie, movie, which is so amazing. <laughs> yeah, like this, like it's so ridiculous. We get, we see Jeff Healy's band, Healy's band playing a cover of, uh, I can't remember what song it was. One, one of the numerous covers uh, might have been. I don't know, hoochie coochie man or something. No, no, that was in, that was during the striptease. Um, and uh, we f- and like everyone's party in the bar, and then it cuts to like Dalton and the doc at the swimming hole. And apparently, so they've 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 decided he's decided to stay here after all and live happily ever after. And for some reason, the sheriff just shrugs at the idea of a bunch of people and a dead body saying they didn't see nothing and says, "Well, I guess I can't press any charges." Yeah, it's the strangest ending to a movie ever. And we get credits, and ta-da! Roadhouse. That is the movie. Welcome to the movie Roadhouse. Yeah, so there you go. All right, John. So uh, my first or you first? No, okay, yes. John, was it worth revisiting? Oh, my God, yes. This is one of those, this is just a great bad movie. Like, it's a terrible movie. Like, let's not pretend it's well made. But it it moves, it's longish, but it moves at a fairly good clip. It's not boring. There's always crazy. It's just the craziest, stupidest crap is always going on. Like it's just, it's a delightful. I mean, for a movie that's at its core ridiculously violent and kind of amoral, it's weirdly entertaining and like it's just full of energy. I I, I think it's like it. It's like if it was just a little worse, it would be unbear unbearable. But if it was a little better, it would also probably be unbearable. It's like it's this perfect level of bad where it's just I, I find it delightful. I think it's definitely definitely worth revisiting. I you know I probably will watch it again. It's been a while since I'd seen it. I hope I won't go that long in between seeing it again because it, it's a, it's a fun damn movie. You know it's 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 everyone has their Patrick Swayze movie I think and this one is mine. <laughs> you know um, and Ali uh, was this worth watching? Yeah, I mean it definitely. I mean it has it has problems. We won't lie about that, but as far as some of the movies that you've shown me, I mean, it's it's way better than some of the crap I've sat through. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I like I get as much as I disagree with you. I get why Cobra is an unendurable garbage oh my festival God, for it's, you. It's, I get it. You know, I, I get it's it. It's like a trash heap that I took yeah. a dump on. It's so bad. Oh, why, why would you take a dump right on the trash heap? What do you? Is it bad enough without doing that? <laughs> well, it's only bad if she's in Fraggle Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> why would you do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> but 
But no, I re- I did. I enjoyed it. I do think it's a little long. It's like, a little. It's I longer feel like than it's, I. Every time I it watch takes, it, it's longer than I remember. It takes too long to get to the more important po- salient points. Yeah. But fine, whatever. It's a very long setup to get there. Yeah. And, and, there, get and there. again, there's a surprisingly large amount of gratuitous nudity oh in it. Oh my god, yes. There's a, just too much like nastiness. But it, that it, again, that, that's of its time. You just don't really see I that guess. kind of gratuitous yeah, nudity in modern movies. It's you true. know, like it, it's just not like... But yeah, I mean, I definitely think and it was again, it was worth it. And again, the male gaze is replaced at times by the male sways, so we're yeah, okay there. it's all good. Yeah, I had to put that one in. I know. Um, so yeah, I think it was, I definitely think it was worth watching. I don't, I don't know, because I don't have the nostalgia for it. Right. I don't know that it's one well, that I'm like Jones in to watch yeah. again anytime soon. Right. But I think if I like passed through a room and it was on, I'd be like, yeah, oh yeah, this moment. It's it's one of those ones, like, it, yeah, it, it is one of those movies like, like it's up there in like the Jim Cotta realm where it's like it's I think you have to see it at least once to believe it. Yes. Because it like and, and and I think in its time it probably didn't seem as strange. Right. Because like you got movies that were kind of like that yeah. a little more often. It but wants like it, to be as good as Die Hard and it's not. Do you I know what I mean? I, I guess. I mean I don't necessarily know that I agree because I don't think I don't think it I don't think it I think it knows it's not as good as Die. But I think it I feel like it. it it, it didn't know what it wanted to be 100%, but yeah, it makes right. it good because it doesn't, it it it, yeah. it it goes the fine line between a lot of different genres. It's like, it's somewhat of a meatballs movie. It's somewhat yeah. of a, do you know what I mean? It's somewhat. <laughs> wait, wait, it's somewhat of a, it's like a camp movie? Yes. Well, I guess they are by the lake. It has that sort of gratuitous nudity. Well, gratuitous nudity. Okay, I get, I, all right, I get, I get where you're going with and that. Then yeah. sometime, and then in other ways, it's sort of an, it's this action movie, but it's like the action really is just because we all have fists and yeah, guns it, it, and knives. It's, a, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't know what it wants it's to got be. Like that. And that is kind of what it's, yeah, um, what's his name? Uh, I, the guy directed Cannibal Run, and I'm forgetting his name. Yes, now. it has a Cannibal Run feel. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Because I I, I I talked about it's the same guy. Like I, I remember in Over the Top, I wanted it to be like a movie by him. Yeah, you know, I wanted that kind of you know, I Hal Needham. That's it. Yes, it it, it, it has that sort of feel. And in fact, honest to God, when I was watching when I watched this and I hadn't seen it in a long time. I, I was actually thinking, I, I think I told you in the middle of the movie during one of these parts, like one of the bar fights, I was like, see, this is what I expected over, over the, the top, top to be. Yeah. Like this this sleazy, like lots of crappy bars and you get right. some dumb fights and you know, like I like people breaking chairs over each other and throw like glass bottles flying and things. That, you know, like that, like, and yeah, this movie does have a lot of like, it's got comedic bar fighting in it. Right. You know, like you get like the drunk girl throwing a bottle and hitting the drunk guy who's not involved. Right. You know, kind of jokes. You know, it's it's lot it's it's this mix of ridiculousness and seriousness right. that like it it doesn't work as a fine piece of art, but nope. it totally makes it like this weird, entertaining, bad movie. You know. So anyway, we are sort of back in in that we've recorded our first new one since uh, New Year's Day. <laughs> um, so we are a match made in space. Uh, you can find us on the internet at a matchmadeinspace dot com or matchmadeinspace.com. dot com. No, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> or if you really want to find us, if you don't want to get like a redirect to nothing, <laughs> if, if you want to not get a four hundred four site error, uh, unless you want to buy that site and redirect to us, <laughs> save us the time. For us, yeah. Uh, matchmadeinspace dot com. No a in the beginning. Uh, you can contact us by email at matchmadeinspace at gmail dot com. We are on Twitter, and I guess I'm going to start re-upping that Twitter feed if we're going to actually make an episode or two every now and then at MMIS Podcast. Uh, you can find Allie also on Twitter at ALI underscore Goodman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hitler Puncher. Um, 
I'm trying to think if we have any other web-related presents. No, but if you would do us the solid of rating and reviewing yeah. us on iTunes, that would be so awesome. Yeah, it would actually encourage us to do it more than every five months. Because, hey, you don't want to have to wait till October to find out what we think of whatever. Oh, shoot. The next one's going to be a, a mutual movie. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? Moving Violations? Oh, my God. It's been a while. You want to do that one? Quite possibly. We might do moving violations. We might. Can't can't say for a fact. Can't say much for a fact these days. Yeah, no. Um, uh, and also, you, you we, should check out our sister podcast. Uh, yeah, we're going to try and start that one up again, too, I guess. Uh, Hard Grey's Night, where Allie forces me to watch Grey's Anatomy, and I... Uh, and podcast about it? I talk about it with her. Um, and... Um, we may, we may or may not have a bonus episode coming up. I won't tell you what it's about. It's something that I did in the 80s, but it's not movies. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it's not that. <laughs> well, I didn't do that in the 80s. <laughs> honey, I, honey how, old, how old do you think I was in the 80s? <laughs> I guess that's true. You would have been 10 at 86. Uh, you know. Yeah. Eh, late 80s. Ladies. You know what? Maybe, Ladies. maybe, maybe, maybe sometime in like, you know, November of 89. But, you know. Oh, well, I mean... Uh, We're the same like, age, right? Well, you're you're a little older. I mean, by a couple of months, right? Yeah, but that, that, those are the important months. How does I? I mean, mm. well, you know what? Uh, maybe maybe women just mature more than men. <laughs> I probably men. I probably was in the '80s. I just don't really remember when. Yeah. Uh, you know, like so. Yeah. We, hey, guys, that was a weird little tangent we just got on. How about that? How about um, that? So anyway, so yes, um, hopefully this that bonus. God, two bonuses and only one sandwiched between one episode is right, kind yeah. of crazy. But. Well, I mean, we, we may we may want to do another episode before we put the bonus out. We're not done with the bonus. We, I we know, have, we're we, like yeah. halfway done with the bonus. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, but it'll be super fun. Yeah, it, it should be. Yeah. Um, well, we haven't listened to the playback. This to see sure, it could be it terrible. Could be super terrible. We may, super... we may we may be we may be Stalinistically pretending this this never happened. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. What are you talking so, about? So yeah, we'll. we'll the next one will be something that's a mutual choice, either one we haven't seen or one we've both seen. Um, it may be moving violations. <laughs> it may not be. And if you've heard of that, you probably are like, why are they making such a big deal about what a ter- such a terrible movie? But <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah. And if you haven't seen it, you have no idea what it is. <laughs> so anyhow, thanks for listening, and um, we're happy to be back. Back, maybe? Backish. Uh, so here we are, episode 29. 29, baby. Not counting the bonus. Right. Not, not counting the mezzanine. That's right. Um, um, all right, so this has been a match made in space. Signing off. Adios. Adios.